You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the season of preparation, the season of reorganizing our priorities and setting them right before you, a season wherein you accompany us with your gifts of grace that our lives may come more and more to reflect your goodness and will for us. Strengthen and bless us now as we reflect together upon your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It was January of 2010 when I stood over a grave, as I had done so many times before, as a pastor and took a clod of the earth and crumpled it in my hand and scattered it on the small box we had just placed in the ground. As the ice crystals in the soil crushed into my hand and cut the palms of my hand, the words struck me in a way they had never struck me before. As I said, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Because the box over which I placed the ashes was my mother's. The box I placed in the ground I had made. I'm a woodworker by hobby and rather than buying something at the funeral home, we took her ashes and I made a box out of pine. I'm sure that in the wonderful soil of the state of New Jersey for which they're so famous as the Garden State, that box itself has now turned to dust. And as I crumbled that soil and scattered it on her box in the sign of a cross, the sign of our hope, the sign we have just received the dust on our foreheads in, I couldn't help but think what those words mean. My mother died of a heart attack. And probably because she was close to a -a pack-a-day smoker and an alcoholic. When we cleaned out her apartment, It was full of hopeful things. Ceramic pieces my mother had painted when I was a child to decorate for the seasons. But more tellingly, boxes of things she bought from QVC as she kept planning for tomorrow to be the day that she got her life in order. Boxes of diet foods and new pots and pans. My mom was a great cook at one time. She won all kind of awards with 4-H when she was a kid. They flew her to Chicago back before that, before kids got on planes in the 50s. Books of inspirational things and books on how to get your life together. 
And all of it had come to dust. All of it had come to dust because tomorrow was always the day it was going to start. One of the appointed readings for this day that we don't use is Ecclesiastes 3. Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity. And Solomon, after accumulating the greatest wealth in the world, is being known as the wisest man in the world, is reflecting on how everything that he's accumulated in his life, all his achievements, all his gold, all his wives, all of it was just that much rubbish as he began to face up to the fact that we have just affirmed for ourselves in those words pronounced over Adam in the book of Genesis, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But the turn in the book of Ecclesiastes is when he begins to think on God, who is eternal, and for whom everything is not dust. And Jesus' words are aimed at our relationships with God and our relationships with each other. By extension, for we are made in the image of God. Jesus is encouraging us not to focus on the things of this life which are dust and which will pass away but rather on the things that are eternal and to reprioritize our lives so that we are attending to those things in the midst of the things we must do for life in this world. Man doesn't live but bread alone but as one of our Christian artists likes to sing, but a man's got to eat. You still have to attend to the things of this life, but you don't want the things of this life to take center stage in your life. And so we take this very intentional season of preparation, preparation for the celebration of the biggest thing that ever happened to us as, as people in this world, the resurrection of the Son of God and His triumph over sin, death, and the devil. We take 40 days to prepare, to hear that good news with fresh ears, to taste and see that the Lord is good with a mouth made ready by fasting. Jesus speaks to us of three ways we attend to the things of God. Almsgiving, fasting, prayer. Almsgiving is one we don't think much about in the modern world because by and large, the government has taken over the business of welfare. But there's a reason why most of the hospitals around are named Christian names. Because it was Christians who gave of their own resources to build the first hospitals, to build the first orphanages, to care for people in need. And when Jesus is talking to people about almsgiving, Think about the kind of people he was talking to. People who were already living on a subsistence diet whose daily allowance of calories was probably less than the 2,000 recommended by the FDA. Last night on our way to karate, I had two pieces of Lebanon bologna and I couldn't help but think to myself, I've just had 20% of my calories for the day. 
Jesus is telling people substantially poorer than ourselves to give to those who have even less. Giving alms is not just for the benefit of our neighbors, but it teaches us who, whose own life is contingent on the goodness of God to trust God for tomorrow's meal as I give away my meal for tomorrow to someone who has nothing for today. In almsgiving, we learned to trust our Lord as we learn to trust our Lord in prayer. Prayer is not rubbing a lamp so the genie will come out and give you what you want. That's what prayer to the pagan gods look like. You're paying them off to give you a favor. Prayer to the God of Israel is offering your needs and the needs of others to Him and trusting Him to fulfill them in the way that seems best to Him. We pray for healing in this world, but know that at some time, so that the person we're praying for, and it might be ourselves, at some point, that prayer needs to not be answered in the affirmative so that they can have life eternal. So that we can have life eternal. Prayer in the secret place is trusting that your Father who sees in secret knows your prayer and is fulfilling it in the way that is best for you and for the people you love. And when we can't see the good outcome, trusting that the good outcome is there that we cannot see. In fasting, Fasting is the one thing that modern Americans know a little bit about because we're always on some diet or other. But the point of fasting is not to diet. It's not to improve your physique for beach season or for an athletic event or for anything else. Fasting is to teach us that our appetites, our desires are not to be in command of us, but we are to be in command of them. I'll never forget, I learned this lesson well from a Muslim. We were sitting at table on my internship year. As a, I was a chaplain on campus ministry at Penn State, and we were having an interfaith meal, and it was Ramadan. He had an apple to eat between sunrise and sunup. I hadn't brought food with me because I was running between things, and it was a sort of bring-your-own-meal. So he took a knife, cut his apple, and gave me half. His appetites were not going to rule his day. Fasting is for the same purpose. So we remember that we belong to God and that the things we do in this life are not to be motivated by our animal instincts, but by our vision of eternal life that he has given to us in Christ. We do not pray. We do not fast. We do not give alms to earn our salvation. We pray and we fast and we give alms so that we may learn to live as the children of God we have been claimed to be by God's grace. And we do it today. Lent is a reminder to us to not wait till tomorrow, to not think that tomorrow will be the day we can make the changes that need to happen. 
can't th- help but think with all the things my mom, all the books she read and motivational tapes she listened to and the diet food she ordered, if she'd started to work on controlling her appetite for that alcohol today instead of tomorrow, things might have turned out differently. The Christians of the Middle Ages greeted each other with a saying, Memento mori, remember that you will die. And it wasn't a depressing thing. <laughs> this wasn't meant to be a downer for the day. Remember that you will die. Remember that heaven awaits you. And order your day today like that is true. Lent is a 40-day season. If you count the days, you get Sundays off. So whatever you're giving up, you get to eat it on Sundays because Sunday's a feast day. Whatever it is we're doing to observe our fasting and prayer and almsgiving in this season, it's to train us to live as the children of God we've been claimed to be by God's grace. To Him, who gives to us such a great inheritance and teaches us how to live into it, be all honor and glory now and forever. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, thank you for the word which teaches us to care well for the things of this world but to not over-invest in them. To remember that you need to be the center of our lives. And thank you for this season begun by our Christian brothers and sisters so many years ago in imitation of your fasting in the wilderness. A season that reminds us that we are your children and that the words pronounced to Adam are not the final word for us. But because we receive them as we receive the sign of the cross, they are not a mark of the end for us, but a mark of transition to eternal life. Stretch us during this season. Keep us faithful to our commitments. And help us, Lord, to celebrate with even more joy for that reason. The victory you achieved over sin, death, and the devil on that first Easter morning when our Lenten fast is over. We ask it in your name, which is forever Jesus the Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light.